Hello and welcome back to the Shoots and Jobbers podcast. Today we've got an interview for you and we think it's one that you will absolutely love. Myself, Fergus and Tom sat down with Lee aka Hustle Malone to discuss his career as a professional wrestler on the British indie scene, his life as a motivational speaker, his YouTube channel and everything in between. If you like it, let us know what you think on Twitter, on YouTube, in the comments. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe, give us a follow, give us a share. Let people know that this is the wrestling podcast that you should be listening to and just enjoy the show. Thank you very much. Uh, I am the professional wrestler, the uh, nightmare fuel, Hustle Malone. I've been wrestling for about five years. I wrestle out of Bedfordshire in the UK, but I wrestle all over the country and in select other countries around the world, wherever I can get to. I started off in the i guess you can say in the real world as a motivational speaker for a while a filmmaker filming shows and being ringside with the camera now i see myself on the shows and i've wrestled the likes of car noir jimmy havoc doug williams kip sabian uh, yeah <laughs> i absolutely love hearing that that's so cool because we, we were literally yeah. talking about literally yesterday we were talking about all them people and and i like i wrestle myself and i'm just like imagine just wrestling these big names but i guess like in a way you sort of i don't know did you sort of look up to people in wwe um when you were sort of my age like we're only 19 so um who who who, what was your sort of inspiration in wrestling how did you actually end up getting into it then so i uh the indie scene wasn't really massive when i was getting into it um or if it was i i wasn't super aware of it i think when I'd started like progress within a couple of shows and like one PW and some places had started up and stuff, but I wasn't really aware of it. I was a filmmaker by trade. You know, I'd done stuff like, uh, I edited a couple of videos for channel four. Um, I did SBTV music videos, dance videos and stuff like that. And I saw somebody tag me in a post on Facebook saying that a wrestling company is looking for someone to film their shows. Just bare basic hard cam up in the rafters, one guy ringside with a camera, just someone to film their DVDs yeah. so they can sell them for a tenner a pop. And I was like, oh my God, the idea that wrestling could like buy my drinks at the weekend. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, and let's be honest, like I'm, I'm like five foot nine. Like I'm not 30 stone. I'm not eight foot tall. Like I just never, in my head, it just, it was like a limiting belief. I just never thought I could be uh, a wrestler. And just from chatting to the guys on the show, you know, you make friends with them, you know, you're checking your camera in the hallway and you overhear two guys going over a match and you're like, holy shit, I'm, I'm hearing the real stuff. This is cool. And I'd hear them be like, I remember watching these two guys and they were like a tag team that broke up and it was like duck one, Rana, boom, 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 boom. And they would go back and forth, move for move. And I'd be like, how the hell do you remember that? And now I'm like, I have to do that. Like that's lit. <laughs> now I'm like, that's nothing. That's, yeah. that's a normal match. That's fine. Um, Weird thing, and something that I, I hadn't mentioned in, in other interviews, actually. I So I worked for a short period, like an after-school job at a nursery. Oh, mad. Um, it was like my first job, like out of school, like out of sixth form. And yeah. my mum worked there already, and it was like after school. And there's like no men in childcare. So they'll like, not being funny, but they'll hire anybody. Um, and I would just come in after sixth form. So I'd finish my lectures. I'd come in. All the kids would be like, <laughs> and like all the teachers who were like knackered i would be like let's run around for 20 minutes and i've got energy because i'm like a 17 year old boy and I'm like, yeah and, and the kids would like go wild and like the other staff would fucking hate me for it um but uh the staff there once a week would do like a mum's jazzercise class oh man and that's the most me- karen thing ever <laughs> 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 Me and another wrestler who then, who then, or another colleague who then went on to be Chase Williams, another wrestler, uh, they were taking the mick out of us one night because we were going to the gym. And I was like, all right, I'll come jazzercise next week. So we went <laughs> along and we did like star hands and like chest shimmies. Oh and, like, we had a wicked time. It was great. And I would mention <laughs> it to one of the wrestlers at the show thinking like, oh, he'll find this funny. And he just looks at me stone faced and he's like, why don't you just come to training? And I was like, first thing is like, do you think I went in the jazzercise to get jacked? <laughs> but anyway, uh, but then it was like, well, yeah, I'm like, what the fuck don't I? So I thought, you know what? Just the same way we went to jazzercise, 
let's go to wrestling. Like, come on, we're not 12 feet tall. We're not super Jack. Like, it yeah. would just be another fun story. So we went along and in the first session, you know, he'd done parkour. So he was picking up some of the flips and hip toss onto feet and all that kind of stuff. And he was picking that up really well. Um, I'm a little bit stocky. So I was picking up like snap suplexes and Germans and stuff real quick. And then obviously the character work was coming to me naturally. And then he was like, you coming back next week. And it was like, yeah, that was wicked. Yeah. And in my head, it was like, all I want is one match, you know, one day show my grandkids a photo and be like, your granddad was a badass. And then I had that one match. And then I was like, but I want to wrestle him next now. Or I want to win a, I want to win a championship. And then by the time you reach the championship, wrestling has this, wrestling's like a hamster wheel. It never stops. So um, yeah, as soon as a show is done, you're just like, cool, three days until the next show. And then you're just, you're just stuck in it forever. That's amazing. I think, yeah, I think that that's just mad. Like to think that you've, you come from such like i know that in, in previous interviews you've said that you one of your inspirations i, I want to say that like inspirations is that uh, you said that beckham came from hackney and you came from a very similar place and david beckham is what one of the one of the richest like british footballers now um so you sort of was that some was that his mindset that he approached was that an approach that you sort of took at the same time then it wasn't it wasn't necessarily him it was kind of like what he represented so uh, in psychology you've got these things called a limiting belief and there's a it basically means there's a reason why you think the way that you think and when somebody in your position somebody else goes through it you go ah but that's them so another example is like um when you think that you're not strong you think you can't take anything oh i might fall down these stairs and die. Yeah, you might. At the same time, 50 Cent got shot nine times in the fucking chest and he lived, yeah. right? But in your head, you're like, oh, but that's him. But that is him. And for years, um, is this podcast going out video or audio? Um, audio, most of audio. We upload like sort of clips to YouTube and that. Clips. And stuff, clips. Right? So uh, my hair, right? So I shave my head like every couple of days. At the top, it's really light. At the side, it's quite dark, if you can see here. Yeah. Right? Which meant that whenever I would appear on camera, it would look like I had a bald spot at the top and then like the fucking Homer Simpson around the sides. <laughs> right? And for ages, my mates who are like, I say, uh, more style inclined were like, you should just shave your head. You, just, you look like a badass. Just shave your head. And I was like, no, girls won't like guys who don't shave their, you know, who shave their head. No. And then I saw a picture of Jason Statham and I was like, he's pretty cool. And then like The Rock did it and I was like, he's pretty cool, pretty cool. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I think the Beckham thing is like, yeah, I, I said on there, like I, I didn't think I could amount to much based on where I was from. But then I saw that Beckham uh, played football like Sunday exactly. league when he was a kid. Fucking <laughs> minutes front door, like a field right by my front door. And, it, and it's, it's that idea that like, if it's possible for you, it's possible for anybody. You know, what's the, that, that's why I think people were so excited when Kofi Kingston won the title at WrestleMania last year. I, I was in a pub surrounded by other wrestlers and I, and I yeah. looked over and I could see like, I'm not going to name any names or anything, but I could see uh, black wrestlers around me with tears in their eyes because it was like, Kofi's done it now. Boom, door broken, done. And yes. that means now yeah. the door like, I winch the door open for you and anybody else can walk in and follow me in the same way. Kofi broke down that door. And now anybody else can come in. I love that. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. That's cool. similar, similar thing, you know, how like uh, with you know, McIntyre is the champion now is that like, that's, you know, a British guy, a Scottish guy has done a, you know, for me, like uh, being Irish, it was like Seamus won, won the WWE championship, Finn Balor won the first universal championship uh becky lynch is the man you know it's just like when someone from your background does it you're like oh like i i can do that what's the difference between me and them in WWE, like today like there's so many british champions i mean you've got all of the nxt uk people like gallus and kenny ray drew mcintyre nikki cross is one half of the tag champions like that's all that's all scottish people like and the thing is as well is our brains don't work in our favor, right? All your brain wants you to do is, you know, fuck and have a kid and then stay alive. That's, that's all your brain wants you to do. That's what it needs you to do. 
Um, yeah. Everything else is just, you know, your personality is just superfluous sort of thing. And even like, for, for example, the Irish thing as well, right? Um, I know it doesn't really seem from my accent because I, I grew up in East London, uh, but all my family's from Galway. Um, I always spend time in Galway and stuff. And I thought the same when Seamus did it. I was like, fuck yeah, like he's broken down the door for all of us. But then another little thing in my head goes, oh, but he's huge. Oh, it's you're allowed to do it if you're Irish and you're massive. And then Finn Balor did it. And now I'm like, do you know what I mean? Your brain is yeah. scrambling like, fuck, what's the next excuse I can pull out my <laughs> ass? Like, eventually there's no excuses left. Definitely, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I think that's a bit similar to me because what got me into pro wrestling in general, like I didn't actually become a fan till probably like, a couple, do you remember the first NXT UK tournament, uh, what Tyler Bate mm. won? Mm. So, um, Pete Dunne, Trent Seven, they all literally live down like the road, like half an hour, 20 minutes from me. So when I saw that a person at the age of 19 can become a WWE, like a champion in WWE, I was like, Why the, what, what am I doing? Why am I asked? Just watching them. Why don't I do it? And, you know, join in and, and, and maybe I'd be a UK champion one day. That dream's not over yet. That, that dream is coming. Um, yeah, I feel like the exact same approach. Um, that I sort of have as well. And it goes the other way as well. I mean, Batista didn't start wrestling until he was 34. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the only thing really left is like, like uh, a woman winning uh, the top heavyweight title in the WWE or a yeah. trans person winning either title. But besides well, we that, have, I mean, you know. That was in like uh, AEW, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, AEW did yeah. that. Uh, Tessa won the world championship in Impact as well. Yeah. So people, like the boundaries are being pushed massively now. Like people are like doing what we've needed a long time ago in a way, which, which you know, is brilliant really. Um, I think, I think do, you think, do you think that that's helped by the fact that, that the, the indie scene especially with the, the like the British indie scene, especially since NXT UK was announced and it started, do you think that makes it easier, the fact that like you can just be in an indies and then WWE is like just right there because you've got NXT like right there. Do you think there's a shorter gap? Oh, the gap is massively shortened down. Um, um, even now, if you look at NXT, uh, yeah, NXT UK tryouts and stuff, usually organized by, I mean, look at the top wrestling schools uh, around the UK, they're all ran by people ran by people who are assigned or very close affiliated with. Yeah, um, yeah the, the 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 gap is shorter than ever. I think WWE are a bit slower to this kind of stuff only because they've got so many shareholders and adverts and you know what I mean. Like, oh, we can't put the title on them just yet. What will Skit will say? And if I was going to lose five hundred million for making somebody champ, I'd probably be a bit careful with it as well. But yeah, it's good it's because they get to see the indies do it and see CNA do it and everyone else do it first and be like, did everybody shit themselves when that happened? No? Okay, <laughs> cool. We can crack on then. You, so you've been in the ring with the likes of, you know, Jimmy Havoc, Kip Sabian, fucking Martin Kerb. Oh, I can't believe that. Um, and, and of course, Shug D as well, also known as Pineapple Pete now. Um, is there any chance we are going to see Hustle Malone as all elite, I think that's a question that. What? Hustle Malone is all elite. Are we <laughs> Hustle Malone as, as as the elite? Where's the future? That question came out of nowhere. Am I going to AEW? Um, if do you know what? If I was going to go anywhere, I want to go somewhere where I can tell a story. Like, there's a reason why, as a wrestler, I'm not. Hi, I'm John Smith. I wear small plain trunks, and I'm here for a wrestle. Like. I'm, I'm here to explore the law and get creative and make things that are out of the box. And like, don't get me wrong. New Japan is fucking sick. Um, but I don't think I would fit there. Not for the wrestling side. It's just that I would want to do these creative in depth. You know, I would want to take a camera on location and do a firefly Funhouse kind of thing. And I would want to do all these creative things and it just wouldn't fit in there. So Places like AEW and, um, yeah, I guess I, I have always wondered, like, if you had a guy that was like Bray Wyatt and he got picked up for NXT UK right now, how would right. they deal with it? Yeah. a lot of the guys on that roster now are, mm. I am a wrestler. So. Yeah, uh, there's no. Yeah. 
sort of standout sort of characters because I know something for me when I was trying to develop my character in wrestling, I just went off me, Fergus Adderley, but I pushed myself to the max. I'm an annoying influence YouTube kid, Jake Paul, Logan Paul wannabe. So I'm more character than I am in ring. And I know that you've done some fucking crazy matches. Like you did, I remember hearing that you did the Poundland match and uh, the Lego the Lego match, which my the dream oh, yes, my dream my dream stipulation is a Lego brick table match. He wants his debut to be a Lego uh, match. That's what <laughs> whenever I, I heard why. whenever I heard you talk about <laughs> I did a Lego match, I was like, Oh Fergus is gonna fucking love that. You know oh, I, I had Fergus a discussion in um, in a in an online training session the other day and someone said like I reckon fans relate to that kind of that and thumbtacks and stuff more because everyone's stepped on a Lego. How many people have been hit with a fucking kendo stick? Nobody. Who's <laughs> 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 walking along the street smashed by a light tube? Like, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, see, light tubes are kind of in between because a light tube is like, okay, it's glass. I can, I know what glass is like. I've cut my hands on a glass or something. Like yeah. That oh yeah. But with a table, people are just like. Ah, and uh, I relate like, so hard to a barbed yeah. wired bat getting hit in my face. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, yeah, that, in that same class, they said um, I think it was like it was the coach, it was me, and it was uh, a lot of like less experienced wrestlers. And I, I checked into the class, and he was like, "Hustle, what's the what's the worst thing you've taken?" And I went, "Oh, a DDT on some thumbtacks," and and he was just like, "What the fuck do you say about that?" um so i I like i I know that from experience i know if there is any wrestlers out here how did hustle malone become hustle malone so i'm always interested in character creation because me sean and tom actually one of the first things we watched was the fcw documentary where they sort of showed the first tapes of like bray wyatt uh, biggie um kofi all these sort of like big names now so how did Hustle Malone start to become Hustle Malone? Like it's a, it's a, like I can speak from experience that it's a shit ton of grafting to find yourself in wrestling. So how did you become you in a way? So um, real quick, when's this uh, when's this podcast going out? Probably not till next Sunday. Probably next 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 weekend. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So there's no point in me plugging it, but uh, but this weekend I'm actually hosting a um uh, a promo and character. Seminar. Oh shit! Um, Saw that on um, your your Twitter. Yeah, it's um. Should I'm, we I'm move really for the Minnesota uh the Minnesota Memorial Fund and and Brilliant. NHS and stuff like that as well. And one of the things awesome. I'm talking about in it is how you don't realize how much of wrestling is based on something else. How something can be, you know, oh that's not very creative. Well, it's creative as long as it's the first one in wrestling, right? So yeah. Elvis. If you acted like Elvis in the music industry, you would be like, ah, you're just an Elvis ripoff. But when you did it in wrestling, it's the Honky Tonk Man, right? Yeah. Michael Jackson, it's been done in, in music. You bring it over to wrestling, you've got Nakamura, right? You can go down the IMDb top 250 yeah. movies, right? And just, just go down the movies and you'd be like, right, that looks like that guy. There is two wrestlers, two in WWE in the same company that have got Back to the Future style gimmicks. Uh, Kenny Williams and Kushida, right? With the coats and with the boots and with the skateboard. Two from one movie in the same company. And that's, yeah, I'm not saying that by any means. Sting's entire career was based off The Crow. Like, exactly. Yeah, like that. And he, was, he went through like three different companies as The Crow, basically. And like yeah, one of the yeah, most true. successful guys. Exactly, um, yeah. I think you've got to think of it sometimes a little bit like, um, like in Inception, when, um, when, they say, when they said to the architect, they went, you can't just picture London. You have to picture the phone booth from London and the, uh, the bridge from Paris and the table from Germany. And that creates something new. And um, in terms of the Hustle Malone character, I used to do motivational speaking. I spoke in colleges and schools and stuff like that. My favorite movie at the time, especially at least, was Fight Club. And oh. Yeah, I liked the me. way that Tyler Durden <laughs> had influence. It wasn't religious, um, but it was just like, follow me and I'll show you the way and, and I'll get you out with this. Um, so it started off, uh, I knew I was going to be in a group of three when I debuted because me and my best friend Chase, we were going to debut at the same time. And then we'd become really good friends with another guy who had lost his tag team partner 
and we were all friends and we all had the same color gear. So in our heads, we were kind of like our group chat at the time was called like white new day. Cause we were just <laughs> three dudes. And this was like original, original new day. Cause we were just three dudes, three dudes making jokes, having a laugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. My first promo, I was reading out uh, like a book of quotes from Kanye West. Right. Cause we were trying to like original new day. We were trying to be obnoxious, but we think we're the faces. Yeah. yeah. So it started off like that. And then when you can speak as a wrestler, you tend to get put in more stories and more feuds and stuff like that. And then when you're in a feud, obviously they escalate in seriousness as you go along. Mm-hmm. And I think it really took a step up when uh, a friend of mine, a guy called Cy Gregory, he said that he's retiring and he wanted me to retire him. So it was like, right, there's a lot of pressure there. And I don't think people realize that when you put a story into a match, you don't have to, it's not that you don't have to do as much in the match. It's, there are certain levels to a match that a story can get you to. Yeah. That is so much harder to do without it. So I, I did this promo where like, I think it was like my first really, really serious one. So I put on a suit and I went to this like supposedly haunted church in Bedford and, um, my camera had recently broken. So I got a new camera. I took the old camera with me and I was like, this camera is the reason why people know my name. After this match, people are going to know my name because I'm the guy who fucking retired you. So I took the, the broken camera. No one knows it's broken. Smashed it up with a hammer and everyone's like, oh my God, it's like a 600 pound camera. What are we doing? Right. Smashed it up. I was threatening him and like the lights were going at this abandoned church and stuff like that. And yeah, as it went on, and this is the thing, right? I, th- I think a good wrestling character should evolve and should grow because everything else moves so fucking quickly. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm seeing news right now based on like the protests and the marches and stuff like that about Black Lives Matter. I'm seeing that on my fucking TikTok feed, right? It's not waiting to go through news and to go then to go to Reddit and then go to the Twitter, just like memes regularly do. It's coming straight to me. It's coming to every feed. So I think reinvention and creativity is important. So I started off like that in a couple of promotions. I broke up from my team uh, all in the, you know, all around the same time. So I was like, okay, cool. Now I'm a guy that's been burned because I've been abandoned by all my friends. I'm the last fucking guy left. And then my character started drifting towards, I don't know if you guys have seen American Psycho. Yes. Yes. Right. How in the beginning of that movie, uh, for anybody who hasn't seen it as well, in the beginning of that movie, on the outside, he's all well put together, suit, big smile, you know, Christian Bale, yeah. you know, handsome guy. And there's that little underlying thing of like, something's really disturbing here. Imagine that guy got so confident and complacent because he's done everything, you know, he does anything he wants to do. Nobody stands in his way that he just, you know, it's like the equivalent of somebody really obviously cheating on their wife. It's just like, I don't give a fuck what you're going to do. <laughs> So it's that energy of like, you know, follow me. I'm the man. I can help you. I can show you the way or I might just kill you and you will do nothing about it. So it's, um, yeah, it's feeding into like, on the one hand, it's like a horror aficionado. On the other hand, it's that confidence enough of like, I don't need to hide anything anymore. I love that. So that that is so interesting to see how that developed in your head and so whenever you said that like a lot of wrestlers are just like you know imdb like this movie i'll do that guy is that how you got you currently have that that mask the zip mask is that tokyo ghoul is that how you look at that so i was wearing the uh light up mask that came from the purge originally right and then from there i took that to you know, I designed a shirt around it and I had this like smoke bottle with red smoke that flew off and like, you know, I had all these other things that went around it. And I started noticing other people started wearing that mask as well. Not noticing that I'm right fucking here, but fine. <laughs> um, in my head, I was just like, you're only going to get called, you know, somebody messaged me recently and they were like, they live like 10 minutes from where I live. And they're like, Hey, I'm going to debut next week. Can I start wearing this mask? I hope you don't mind. And I was like, you can if you want, bro. But like, you're only going to get called a cheap me. I ain't going to get called yeah, a cheap you. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's looking for 
the next thing. Uh, I don't see why wrestlers wouldn't do stuff in their entrance. I mean, if you're built like Neville, <laughs> show the world, cool. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Fair yeah. play to you. But um, yeah, it's just a, an area to show another side of you. Um, I've actually got this this Tokyo Ghoul mask. Uh, I'm a massive fan of anime. Um, as are guys like Keith Lee, the spirit bomb. And, um, you know, so many guys put in little references to it here and there. It's, I've actually got another mask that I'll be debuting as soon as lockdown is over. That's an exclusive for you. I love That's it. I love exclusive. it. I love this it. We got the news. Right. Pentagon debuts new mask. Put that okay. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Pentagon debuts new mask in AEW. <laughs> <laughs> Just Phoenix. Um, yeah, I've got a new mask ready to go for when um, for when lockdown lifts. I love but it. It's just constantly growing. It's constant. I would hate to look at. Um, I, I've got a friend who switched gimmicks and then wanted to switch back, and I said to him, "Do you really do you really want to look at the photos of your career and just look at it in two chapters? That's a real thin book." Yeah, um, I don't want to look back at an old photo and be like, "Oh, that was five years ago." I'm exactly the same as I am now. Yeah, yeah, that is really interesting. You know, you just you're really trying to like grow and really trying to to develop yourself. So, will we ever see a Hossam Malone that just has like Undertaker hair, just like full, <laughs> like down to your knees? Massive. I, mean, I mean, modern Undertaker hair. You got it, man. You got it. Modern, yeah. I'll draw a Mohican <laughs> on right now. Um, <laughs> goes out with a hat, like drives a motorbike, American badass, <laughs> limp biscuit of lasting. <laughs> oh, mate, that would be great for the Jake Paul character, mate. Get yourself a swagway. Yes, yo, that would actually be sick. At the at the moment, like I come out on my entrance music. I'm, I'm at the moment. I'm only like ringside. And then mm. I do I co- I do the commentary for the cami shows just on like the smaller shows, and we do this whole vlogging thing like as we going around like before show with the fans going out with the camera like you you know how you've usually got hand like the hard cam and someone coming around filming right we thought why why the fuck don't we just bring it out and get everyone involved on the on the vlogs so I vlog mid match as well whilst I'm in past corner who um, I'm tagging with. I got my uh, merch on as well. Influence. Plug <laughs> it, plug it. He plug. always has that shirt on. I love it. I love it. Short and there's version. videos of um, um, Fergus's channel of him like a ringside for matches. Just pointing the camera at you. Pointing like, you're boring. You're boring. And just like chatting total shits them while they're just getting beaten up in the ring. Just. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Um, you got. You guys know that I'm into like my YouTube culture and stuff. Yeah. It is yes. such a. It is yeah. such a good gimmick. There are. Do you know what? There are more YouTubers that I know really well that I don't like that than the ones that I do. Do you know what I mean? Like there are like, if if rice gum could work, you'd be, you know what I mean? It'd be sorted, right? Yeah. You said, yeah, <laughs> you said I remember in the Jackmates one where obviously they're YouTubers, like fucking big YouTubers. Um, you said that you wanted to fight Bambino Becky. Um, and a lot of people. Oh, oh you did say that. Oh, I, what I surprised me is how taken back they were because in WWE and AEW and all TNA and whatever, you can't. There's just this rule, unwritten rule about intergender intergender matches, right? Indie scenes, we don't give a shit. You could Canadian someone for two fucking flaming tables, and we wouldn't give a shit, right? Um. So how come, like, you would choose to wrestle someone like Bambino Becky? Because personally, I'd want to, like, destroy Logan Paul one-on-one in the ring just because, like, it's Logan Paul. Um, so as, as, as fun as that would be, yeah. and, and the money would definitely be there and stuff, <laughs> um, I, I don't, I don't want to, by, by taking a match like that, I'd have to promote a shithead. Yeah, that's true. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, and even yeah. if and even if he does all right, and and fuck it, it's wrestling. Let's be honest. Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. Even if I had to put them over, like I wouldn't mind putting over Van Bien and Becky. Wouldn't mind losing a Joe Weller. <laughs> sound they seem like sound people, right? But, what a sentence. <laughs> but, <laughs> what a sentence. <laughs> if, I, if, if I had to lose to and get, don't get me wrong, wrestlers, yeah, you know, wrestlers don't give a shit really about losing. Exactly. If, if I had to look at a, a script, uh, a script, and it said like Jake Paul wins in eight minutes, I'd be like. I just I couldn't, oh. couldn't. It would be I would have to knife him and then drag his body on top of me, 
and then oh. carry it around on my shoulders for a I celebration. Love that. I love that. That's fine. That's amazing. I, I love playing a heel. I love playing a real shitbag heel. And yeah. two of my best matches and two of my weirdest matches have both been against women. So I had the, okay. the Poundland death match with Bobby Tyler. And then I had a match called All Foods Are Legal against Jade. Right. So any food can be used as a weapon. So I had a melon bowled into my dick. Um, <laughs> well, Ford oh. Werther's originals on the floor and gave somebody a rock bottom. Oh, that was, uh, did, did they all stick to like the mat or did they yeah, stick to stick. Oh, uh, no, they were still in the wrapper because they were in the wrapper oh, inside. Of, I was going to say, now take them all out of the wrapper, lick them all individually, and just put them down and just let them stick. Oh, mate. It was, it, was a fair. it was a triple threat match. So I, I am a meat eater. Uh, Jade is a vegan. And the third person in the match was Jack Cave, who's a vegetarian. And the right. best part of the whole match is Jack Cave has Jade in the accolade. Right. Um, Rusev's accolade. Right. right? Yeah. And he goes, hustle, crush. And I've got a, I've got a fucking, um, what do you call it? Uh, the egg with the meat in the middle. What do you call it? Yeah. A, a oh, scotch a egg. scotch egg. Scotch egg. Scotch egg. I've got a scotch oh. egg on my hand. And I'm like, yeah. So I crushed the scotch egg. And I was like, oh, shit. Fuck the scotch egg. So I go back and I get a second scotch egg. And I'm, I'm slowly bringing it towards Jade's mouth. And he's like, ah. And Jack Hayes like, Ah, and then I just raise it and put it in his mouth instead, and he's like, "Oh!" and breaks the hole. Oh, that's brilliant! I love that. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. If you, you were to wrestle, like, like, if you were to wrestle Bambi no Becky, I think Becky's got like her gimmick sorted. I mean, she just drinks alcohol all the time, so she can just play like the the session moth Martina gimmick and just party animal. Right. Like, or, or you could do a JBL and do like a barroom brawl. Or, oh or, yeah! But like, oh, did you watch? Stadium star. Should be the female Hangman yeah. Page. Are you a fan <laughs> of? So are you a fan of? Bader? I want to see a female Hangman Page right now. That's what I want. Hang, hang woman Page, didn't it? Yeah. Hangman Page. I need that. <laughs> Say that again, Fergus, or did you? Um. So obviously, AWs. It's a new concept. It's it's somewhere where a lot of independent wrestlers can be exposed a lot more. So are you are you a fan of what they're doing at all? Like, I know you shouldn't chat shit about other companies. Um, but like personally, I'm fucking invested a lot more than I am with WWE for the first yeah, time in, in my life, really. So are you are you a huge fan of what they're doing at the moment? For sure. Um, I think they're really focusing on themselves, which is <laughs> yeah. a, a mistake that WCW, you know, they didn't do that. They were constantly looking over their shoulder. Um, I love the stadium stampede match. That was oh. so, the bit where Hangman Page gets off the horse tells him to stay like a person <laughs> and then get to drink a milk and then Jack Swagger <laughs> comes and sits down next to him that you know what I mean um, yeah. I had a seminar with Chris Brooks uh, at the beginning of the oh, year my. or late last year I think and oh, he said if there's one thing I could tell you guys it's stop holding on to the idea that wrestling is this right wrestling can be anything he said he just did a show uh, he just watched a show in Japan where the whole the whole two hour wrestling show, they're just acting out Attack on Titan, and wrestlers are just playing. Oh, do you know what amazing. I mean? Do you know what I mean? How does that work? Exactly. Where is the where is How the, the fuck fucking hole? Yeah. Where's where's the sixty foot wrestler that's meant to be a Titan? Yeah, like wrestling. <laughs> Chris Brooks. He's called Chris Brooks. I love no, it. Um, yeah, it's wrestling doesn't have to be one single thing. I mean, Chris Brooks himself, like he, I watched a match recently from him. He works in promotion in Japan called Gato Move, and they're literally promotion in Japan, and they just wrestle on like a like a mattress in a tiny room, and it's all like just this tiny mattress. Like wrestling can be anything. I did um I did a no ring show at the beginning of the year in a bar in like a small like bit of floor and and like. I think, it, you know, some people said, oh, you know, a no ring show that could, you know, that's going to be dangerous. People are going to hurt themselves. That show, shows like that are only going to be as good as how creative those performers are. Yeah. So, um, you know, that show had, you know, uh, Warren Banks, uh, Charlie Evans. Oh, I loved uh, oh, Leah James, Mad Kerr. Um, it had such great names on it, right? Yeah those people are able to be creative, are able to look around the room, are able to go, you know, at one point in the ring, I'm holding, I'm holding Warren Banks and I'm teaming with Jade. And I was like, Jade, odd job, odd job him. 
right? Oh, she's got a hat on. Yeah, she's got yeah, a hat yeah. On, right? Exactly. Yeah. I was like, odd job him. And she chops him. And I, I just threw Warren Banks down. I went, you've never seen the movie. You've never seen the movie. Don't lie. Right? And she's just like, fine, you've got me. And the end of the match is like, uh, I get put in a Walls of Jericho by a guy who never does the Walls of Jericho, obviously, while she is duct taped to the bar. Oh, right? that's brilliant. That's brilliant. If you've got yeah. it in your head. that So that's why when people say like, oh, comedy isn't real wrestling or like, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. you can do character, but can you do, you know, do you know 3,000 wrist holds? Yeah. It's bigger yeah. than that. There's a reason why The Rock is the biggest name ever or, or Ho you know, The Rock, Hogan, Cena, none of those guys were like, th you know, none of those guys were, they're all amazing. None of them were Zack Sabre Jr. or Daniel Bryan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing that I worry about myself because my gimmick is is built off of, of an annoying YouTube kid or whatever it is. But my uh, my actual like that's why I don't want to debut with a shit debut. I want to make sure my rip like I'm I'm fucking polished. Like I want to do these sick matches, like a Lego brick table match. As I've said every fucking week on the show, <laughs> I want to do these extreme matches. Um, and I think that's that's the thing that a lot of wrestlers worry about, like. Be making yourself look like a jobber because you're too much of a comedic character, but then a mm. comedic character that puts on a good show that brings a good entertainment that people can get behind. Because like if we look at WWE and AEW right now, like our truth, like just think about the amount of people who are behind him. He's not a jobber; he's a good in-ring performer. Let's orange look at Cassidy. AEW. Yeah, ex Orange. For, oh, yeah, something like an Orange Cassidy. Exactly. Yeah, so that's something that I I used to worry about at the start. Um, if you look at um, there, there's a there's a song I can't remember who said it exactly I think it might be Little Wayne or something but he's got or Drake actually I think but he's got this line where he, he's talking about rappers and basketball players right and he said we want to be them and they want to be us wrestling is kind of split between people who are comfortable talking and doing promos and character stuff and then people who are more comfortable with the ring stuff as a character person as well I will always no matter what five-star match I have with what five-star guy, in my head, I'm always going to want to be a ring guy because exactly. the character yeah. thing I'm confident with. And those guys will always look at us and be like, man, I, I always want that. And you'll, you'll spend your whole career working on the other thing. I think that you can't put a price on, though, is, is overness and, and like familiarity. So when Eric Rowan lost to The Rock in like a second at WrestleMania, right? God, did it make him look great? Yeah, that happened. Did it make him look great? No, it didn't. But here's the thing. The people who watch WrestleMania once a year will come back next year and recognize him. The guy yes. who was earlier, yeah. you know, I can't remember what else was on that, that WrestleMania card, but uh, oh, was... Boy. What else was well, on Which one was that? Was that, was, 30, that was that 32? Was that when... Then that Roman was Shane... Sh was that Shane and Taker? Yeah, it would be that was, one, yeah, yeah, it was Roman and it was Roman and Triple H. That would have Roman been Triple H, the women's won. triple threat with Becky, Sasha, and Charlotte. Yeah, but as uh, a, I can only remember that moment. Like it's a moment that stuck out in WrestleMania history. Let me Google it. What what I'm saying is, is on that card, right? Or, or here, here's an example, right? So WrestleMania this past year, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, they had a fantastic match, right? Yeah, Killed yeah, good match, wicked. I bet they're kicking themselves that they did that and they went, you know, one of the only WrestleManias where you can be at home on your couch and watch yourself in the match live, right? I bet they're on Twitter trying to see what happened, you know, what people thought about their match and everyone's yeah. talking about the Firefly Funhouse or the, the Boneyard match, right? Yeah. You can't really put a price on Orbanus. I think it's very similar to um, like zombies at the door, right? Let's say they're choosing somebody to push towards the title. They could prioritize this guy first because he's a former big name, right? So Brian Cage just came into AEW, big guy, managed by an established name, cool. Yeah. In front of the two of you, right? You can pop a couple of guys here and there, but like the zombies against the door, you can hold the door back for a while, but eventually they're going to get through. You can't deny quality forever. So Orange Cassidy had all those matches with Neville. There's a reason Orange Cassidy has a job and it ain't just to be comic relief. It's because they all want in there and I guarantee you every guy in that locker room wants to work him. And he had all those matches with Neville because no matter how Neville can do a half an hour, 60 minute tech, kick your head off match with Omega, 
I bet you he's gagging for matches with Orange Cassidy. Yeah. I bet you he was the guy who asked for the matches. Because if I was Neville, that's exactly who I'd want to work as well. Jeez. Well, we can see why you're a fucking motivational speaker, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you definitely. Jesus, speak yeah, well. Like... <laughs> no, like, I mean, like you're saying, you just, you know, you're trying to get yourself over. Like, it doesn't matter where you are on the card. Because, you know, it's, it, all it's down to you is just go out and steal the show. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're if you're fifth, sixth, seventh in the card. I mean, you can just go out and say, "Well, I'll have the best match on the show anyway." So, yeah. what does it really matter? I mean, I'll just do me, and I'll just prove to you that I should be in the top. Yeah, and I think that's the benefit that character guys have is yeah. if if your show is you know once a month on the fifteenth of the month, right, and you go out in the main event and you do sixty minutes and you crush it, you've won that night. As a character guy with access to a phone, I can win every other day in that month, right? Yeah. And I'm eligible to win that day as well. So I can, I'm still in with a shout on that, but, but what are you going to do to win the limelight on a Tuesday? What are you going to do to win the limelight in the morning, right? When you're tired and you're beat up, I can put out a video. I can keep working. I can think of creative concepts. Um, I've actually been looking at YouTube content and I've been saying, yeah. okay, what has Mimulus done or what has Will and Nee done that I could take the idea that they've done and put it into a promo? Um, I love that, yeah. When you, that, that, when that you put the ring or you put the ring. And, you know, it deserves respect and it deserves love just like every other, every other field. But, um, yeah, I can win more nights than they can. Awesome. Yeah, well, that, uh, I think that's a really good way of looking at things, like looking at YouTube to see what's trending because, like we said before, with the focus of gimmick, like it's a very modern gimmick and so many people can recognize that and hate it, love it or whatever. Yeah. It's really interesting. Uh, on the topic of, oh, sorry, go on. Um, I watched a video the other day um, by film theorist and he was talking about all the late night hosts at the minute, the Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon's and Jimmy Kimmel and stuff like that. And he was talking about now that they're all working from home, how have, how is their show related to their audience? Yeah. And he was saying that, because all the ones that are still presenting it as if they're in front of a live audience. So uh, Seth Meyers is presenting his show from his living room, the same way he would at home with, with like laughter breaks. So he'll tell a joke and then be like, <laughs> and look, right. Half of these hosts, their YouTube subscribers have gone down. Whereas Trevor Noah, who hosts the daily show has started editing his shows like a YouTuber with graphics coming up and sound effects and like conversations with himself and his subscribers have gone up by 300,000 in like two months. Jesus. Right? That's so even though we go, Oh, but you know, that works on YouTube, but this is wrestling. Those yeah. people, those people don't give a shit. They yeah. have, they still watch it. The same people who watch fucking shows on Netflix and YouTube videos and wrestling. They're all the same people. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, talking about like YouTube though, um, obviously we found you through the, well, my first introduction to you was on the Jack Mate Happy Hour podcast. What was like really the experience like on that podcast? Because obviously like, as a wrestling fan, like listening to you explaining wrestling to them and hearing at some point, just like they didn't get it. Obviously being a hardcore wrestling fan, sometimes it's like, oh, like why don't you get it? Like why is it not getting through to you? Like what, what were you feeling doing that podcast? Like was there any sort of frustration and like, what, what are they like in person, those guys? Because obviously, when you're on YouTube, you're a whole different persona to how you are behind the camera. Um, they're all dead lovely. They're all well nice. Um, I can imagine, yeah. There was a few technical difficulties on a day, and they were dead apologetic, and they were dead polite and stuff. They told me beforehand, Jack said Just ahead like of us. time. <laughs> ahead <laughs> of time, Jack said, look, um, I'm going to be outright with you. I don't really like wrestling. I'm hoping you can convince me. So I was like, game on. Now, I know that persuasion is something that like you can train in and you can learn and you can learn yeah. negotiation techniques. And that's things that I've learned in the past as well. Um, the other thing is like wrestling fans, like to their credit, they're passionate as hell, but they're so protective. They're so precious. Yeah, all I, know, yeah. I think we can all agree yeah. with that. The biggest advice is just stop giving a shit. When people are like, 
you know, wrestling's fake. And people are like, yeah, well, well, you've got Breaking a perform- you've got to remember. <laughs> and uh, the injuries, and how about I give you a pile driver off a ladder? <laughs> Shut the fuck. <laughs> oh my God. Right? Like, <laughs> that's wrestling true. fans have the same response every time to when someone says wrestling fake. It's either, yeah, well, your favorite TV show is fake, or, yeah, well, mankind going through the head of the cell wasn't fake. How would that feel? Like, it's always the same response. Like, it's so robotic. <laughs> Do you know what? I, really early on uh, with my friend Chase, we were the, he was my first friend uh, when I moved towns that liked wrestling, right? So yeah. that kind of brought us together. And I was talking to him about the show and our other mate, who's like a black belt in like six martial arts, came over and Chase is, Chase, right? I'm sorry to put him on blast, but he, he goes, mate, John Cena, F you the guy into a limo. And his face was just like, just like I've broken people's arms, I, d- I don't care what <laughs> a limo. What, what is a limo? A unit of measurement? And um, I, and and uh, like I I'm uh, I'm 12, 12, 13. I'm thirteen years sober, right? Brilliant. Fir- yeah. uh, thank Good you. Enough. When I when I first gave up alcohol, I was really shit at defending it. I would always be like, oh, I'm driving tonight, or I'm on medication, or I'm up early, I'm working tomorrow. I couldn't defend it and people saw it immediately through it and they kept taking the piss out of me for it. But as soon as I started owning it and I got confident and people are like, you know, you can't take the piss out of somebody if they're fucking rock confident in it. Yeah, so exactly. I'm not, when I'm like, yeah, I'm 12 years sober, I'm finding yourself, I'm confident with it. Right. If someone's like, why? If somebody's ever a dick to me, I can then, you know, I don't give a fuck if anybody else drinks. Like all my best friends drink, my girlfriend drinks. Do you know what I mean? Do it a fucking smoke, do drugs, whatever. Like, if I get signed to WWE, don't tell them I said that. <laughs> do whatever the fuck you want, right? Do what you want. I, I it's not like uh, I'm not like anti-alcohol. I'm just anti-alcohol for me. Yeah. So, but when if people want to come at me for it, if they're like, hmm, "You don't drink, you're a loser," I can just as easily put that pressure back on them for a choice that they make. Course, I can be like, yeah. well, "Why do you drink? What does it do for you?" Well, the R oh, does this for you. Great, good for you. I bet you feel strong. <laughs> and in the same way with wrestling. Like, if you said to me, like, oh, baldy, and I'm like, yeah, I shaved my head this morning. It took me, like, it took me, like, two minutes. And I'll do it. Free. <laughs> How much you pay for your haircut, bruv? How often do you got to do that? How you looking during lockdown? You know me? During lockdown, I look exactly the same as I always fucking do. Yeah? Jesus. Yeah. So it I is, it is just defending it. So I wish wrestling fans would get better with it. And um, and I've, all, I've always had the dream of, of wrestling going mainstream. And I would love to watch, you know, I'd love to watch... Graham Norton and you know this week on Graham Norton we've got uh, Walter not because he's in a movie but because he's defending the title next month against T-Bone and he's here to talk about the title match as soon as you drop it you you know you get comfortable with it The Rock did it right The Rock never went out in the media and was like you know Robert De Niro this shit's real he was just like yeah it's fake it's a it's a job what the fuck do you want from me (laughs) so obviously lee you were a a, uh, motivational speaker yourself and i know i can speak on behalf of all of us like just about motivation in general a lot of mental health especially in the business it's not spoken about enough especially in lads and i know that you've got like something fucking that that it obviously works and it's, it's something that a lot of people need to listen to and are you all right just to speak about that uh, that that quickly? Yeah, of course. Yeah, not a problem. Um, so, full disclosure, uh, I've struggled with depression and anxiety for five, six years now, I think. Um, and I've always described myself as somebody with, uh, I call it Superman syndrome, right? My arm could be blown off. But if I see you with a paper cut, I'm like, are you okay? Do you want me to get you anything? Do you want a drink? And um, weirdly, like my girlfriend's got the same thing. She's always like always checking in on me, and I'm checking in on her, which is quite helpful. But um, I, I've always admired people with a platform that actually do something with it. And uh, weirdly, actually, David Beckham as well. I, I remember watching this video of uh, it was like a World Cup exhibit ran by fucking Coca Cola or something, and. Yeah they brought in England fans just ahead of the world cup. And they were like, right, stand in front of this screen and this little pod and shout, come on England. And then as they shout, come on England, this screen would just drop behind them. And David Beckham would walk in, just walk in. And these people would be like, Oh, 
my god just crying and stuff like that and like people people were like you've made my life he's just walked in love he's done nothing but walk in but but still that means something to them the same way that you know i've met some of my heroes and it's been incredible and it means something to them um the same with celebrities even john cena doing make a wish and all these wrestlers do make a wish and, and go out and visit the troops and stuff sometimes just just being there just being you just meeting somebody it really does something I struggle to talk about my mental health. I'm not really the kind of person that I, you know, I want to talk, right? I don't just want to, I don't want to sit down and be like, here's all my problems. And then at the end, most people are like, cool. Well, if you want to talk, I'm like, we just did that. We, we, I'm doing that. Right. I'm very practical. Yeah. Uh, Which means that if there's something wrong, like if my car's broken, talking about it, isn't going to fix my car. Be having a shoulder to listen to maybe, And that might just be my thing. Other people that work for me, it doesn't. Me, some other people, it doesn't either. So I wanted to, to devise a system, a method that people can reach out to friends without seeming weak by saying, hey, I'm having a real bad depression day. Because sometimes you put that on Facebook, people, you know, they get the wrong impression. They don't want to, they want to step back. They don't want something that, maybe they're having a bad day. They don't want something that deep. I just wanted a way to feel normal especially during lockdown, Jesus, depending on how many people you're locked down with. Exactly. You might not talk to anybody all day. Right. I I got like a, I got a call like an hour ago. And if it wasn't for that and you guys like, do you know what I mean? If my girlfriend's working late or something like that, I just wouldn't talk to any human. I know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. Right now we're all self-isolating me, my brother and my mom. So my mom's in her room, my brother's in his room and I'm in here playing games all day. Like I, I need interaction. I, I, I'm a social bubble kind of guy. I'm sure everyone is as well. Yeah, it, it sucks because if you want more people to interact with, especially right now, you've got to, go to work and like jeopardize your life to do it. And stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted a way to be able to reach out because sometimes I just want a normal conversation to talk about wrestling or to talk about TV or to get a movie recommendation or, or what they're doing. Sometimes I just want to talk about what they're doing. So I look at I looked at emojitracker.com. And there's an emoji. It's a little uh, gray square that says A, B, C, D. I think on, on some devices, it just says A, B, C. But either way, it's this little emoji, little square. I wanted to choose something that isn't going to get used elsewhere. So if I chose a helicopter emoji, at some point, someone's going to fucking say helicopter and just use that. And it's different. Yeah. I wanted something that, you let's be real, you're never going to use. With the idea that the A, B, C, D method, you put that emoji in your Facebook status, you put it in your tweet, you hide it in your Instagram story, you hide it in the corner of a picture. And it's basically going, just say hi, somebody please say hi, check in. And if people can check in and be like, hey bro, how's it going? It's up to me now whether I wanna be like, hey, I'm feeling real suicidal today. Or whether I wanna say, hey man, how's football? I don't know. It's that open door without putting tons of pressure on them to be like, are you okay? What's going on? Are you all right? Like, um, and I, and I just to kind of test it. I, I waited for the hype to die down. You know, I did a video, it got like 25,000 views or something and it got a lot of attention. Um, yeah. it then got some more and stuff after the Jack mate interview, but every time it, it kind of flares up, I wait about a week, I post the emoji somewhere and then I go and have a shower or I go for a walk or I do something and I come back. And it really warms my heart to find messages from friends to be like, hey, I saw the emoji. Are you good? Hey, man, what's going on? Hey, how's wrestling going? And um, yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's a nice, modern, understated way at reaching out without putting that really negative stigma on mental health. Definitely. I think we can all yeah. agree on that, especially, especially as us lads. Like we are all a bunch of lads. And, yeah. and it's just something that it should be talked about more as guys, but it's just not. And I definitely think like that is, I think after hearing that, like that, I'm, I'm not someone who's open about it, but obviously everyone has shit going on and, and you don't have to have, you don't have to state that you have mental health issues. As long as you just need someone there, I think that is a, a fucking brilliant, like you fucking nailed it on the head. Like, uh, and, I, and I here's, here's the thing, right? Like I might post that. I'm like, you're right about it being a, a real dude thing as well, because guys very much put the bravado up. I'm going to be strong. Exactly. Yeah. Strong for my friends. I might post that emoji in an Instagram story. You might reach out. I ask you for some horror movie recommendations. We talk for 20 minutes. 
you might have just saved my fucking life. Yeah, That's the purpose of it. I love to, it. Oh, mate. To be a hero without putting on the fucking cape. You don't have to come around and make me dinner. You don't have to come in and be like, I'm moving in for the week. You've got company. Sometimes just a small conversation is enough to detract my mind away from the negative stuff and to remind me that I have people in my life who love me. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I feel that that's that's kind of spot on because I feel like a lot of times, you know, whenever you say I'm having a bad day, it it can make you feel worse when someone just says, "Oh, like you're so depressed. Like I'm so sorry to hear that. Like you know, don't don't kill yourself. Like are you all right?" And you feel like, you know, you feel like oh, like everyone's asking like everyone. It feels like it's more pressure. Whereas if someone says like, "Hello," like you know, like do you see the match last night? Did you know? you watch this new movie it's just like it's just normalcy and it's just like i'm not this like freak because i have this issue it's not like i'm not yeah i'm not i'm I'm still a person i'm still a normal person still your friend i'm still you know a a normal human being and it's just being treated like especially with so much fucking negativity in the world right now like i i I know i shouldn't speak about it like this but this episode is going to go out like a week late but um at the moment, we have this whole protest in America, and it makes me fucking sad. Like, I sent this to, to like, our group chat last night. I was like, I'm going on social media to escape reality, right? I want to look at some memes. I want to, you know, have a laugh. And I go onto Twitter, and I constantly see all these shit videos. I go onto Instagram, and I see the exact same. And you're just like, there's so much fucking negativity in the world. So the only place I can go is to YouTube, because it's just full of people making you laugh. And and that was some of the reason, like, we started this podcast in lockdown when things got fucking, when things were this shit. And yeah. and I do think, like, I do like something to escape. And I hope this, you know, like, like your method that you said, Liam, and just, it's an escape, you know what I mean? Like, just, just chatting to people about, chatting absolute shit, like, what we do every fucking week. It's something that's just fucking brilliant. And and I think, I think everyone's thankful for something like that. So... 100 yeah, definitely. Enough mm-hmm. of that gay shit. Enough of this gay. <laughs> 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 Just negates the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, forget um, about that. No, no, you're right. I um, I, I've been sick of fucking social media as well, and it's this tough spot because you don't want to. You 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 want to stay educated. You want to listen to those good sources and stuff like that. But sometimes, doing that is enough to fuck your day up. And I I posted a Facebook status the other day that was just like. Like when I'm on a toilet, I scroll Twitter or I, I scroll yeah. Reddit. Yeah. And it's yeah. just depressing now, right? It's all real and it all deserves attention. But I just I just need I need a five minute break while I have a shit, right? Yeah. So I, I I reached out to some mates and I was just like, give me something else to do while I'm on the toilet. And um and someone showed me how to download a Game Boy emulator. So I still I my my fucking PC's loaded with them. Uh, well, yeah, I have it on my computer. I used to have it on my phone, and I just used to play like all these Pokemon. Like, oh yeah, I was I was just playing the old Pokemon games in like yeah, history like, class. Oh, I remember GCSE. Like Fire Red and just making all Fire Red. Of, oh, love that game. Me and my Charmander in it. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a hard balance. But then again, like mental health isn't like it's not like a gunshot, right? Some people think that like right, if you've got bad mental health, then you're hanging onto a bridge. And a fucking light breeze will knock you off and that's it, right? Mental health is sometimes like, you get a paper cut on your hand. If I leave it, right, it might be all right. If I put a plaster on it, that's good. If I fucking cut my hand and then I rub it around some rusty nails, it might get infected and I might fucking die. So if my mental health is a little bit shit, a conversation with a friend could be enough to fix it. Maybe not scrolling Twitter as much as I normally would and playing fucking Pokemon, that might be the plaster. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. 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 What can I say? Well, I think that's something that everyone needs to sort of take on board. And obviously if, if anyone does see this sort of ABC emoji, just be sure to speak to them, speak out. And obviously with, with anyone, if you know something, sort of just like, you don't need to say to them like, Hey bro, you're okay. Just be like, yo, check out this sick meme or, you know, like something to distract them from reality. Like, anyway, right. <laughs> that's me done now. That's me done. Yeah. That's, I think, I think that's us done. I think that was just brilliant. I think you, just, uh, you, put, you a, put it well as best you can. I have a couple more questions to ask oh, you just shit. before <laughs> this podcast ends. I apologize. Counting for 4859. 
I right. apologize for what's about to all, happen. <laughs> first yeah. of all, when are you going to have a match with Otis? <laughs> he fucking loves why, Otis. Why particularly Otis? Because he's the Otis. best wrestler in the world today. This is true. This is true. Uh, <laughs> this is sorry, true. sorry. Actually, correction. I think you find the best wrestler in the world is Shane McMahon. So. <laughs> true, true, <laughs> true, 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 true. Okay. Uh, he can be in the queue after Shane. Next. But no, actual question. Like, what is your dream match that you've never had before? Obviously, Ooh. you face the likes of Jimmy Havoc, Kip Sabian. You said Doug Williams, who that's was amazing. I fucking love Doug Williams. But who's your dream match that you've never faced before? Any company, any person. Even a non-wrestler who doesn't wrestle, like you said, Bambi and Becky before, like who is anyone who'd want to face? And, and stipulation as well. well. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, do you know what, right? I've got a real chip on my shoulder about one particular, one particular match, right? Really early on when I started, like something like my second match, I, me and all of Team Mad, my faction, and we were all shit, <laughs> let's be honest. We were all, like there was like a combined eight matches between the three of us. Um, we wrestled a, a gauntlet match against Tyson T-Bone. Yo, um, right? We've seen him. We were, oh my god, we were so we were Big so strong. Right? So, so the first first match was him against uh, Danny Mayhem, and he beat him with a pile driver in about three wow. minutes. Second match is he gave Chase Williams a tombstone after like a minute. Third match, he. Um, like he fucking, I, I was like, I'm not getting in the ring. I'm not doing it. He chased me around the fucking ring. I slid in. I stomped him a few times. He eventually beat the shit out of me. And then I low blowed him and got DQ'd. And then that was the end of the match, right? Love so it, he, he, he fully wiped the floor with us, right? But number one, uh, that was like four, four and a half years ago. And I can wrestle now. At least I think I can. So I would <laughs> like to, uh, I want a 60 minute Ironman match with him where I can, finally proves that i've made Jeez. it and that i can do moves and i can remember he, like bless him like he must have done about four moves to me and on each one he was not only careful and like such a good wrestler but he yeah. was calling the moves to me as he like as the irish whipped me he'd be like fuck this like and it was like i felt like i was in there with the safest hands in the world so i love that, I love that. Not, not only was he brilliant and i, and I want to show him that i can wrestle now the other thing is, after the match, I went up to him like a fucking scared school child. And I was like, Mr. T-Bone, sir. Um, sir. <clears throat> um, and I, I asked him, I've got an idea for a promo about today's show. Is it okay if I do it? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, go, yeah, sure. Like, thinking, I'll never see this. I'll never give a shit. That was the first promo that I ever did that went big. And it was a, it was a parody of... Drake's hotline bling. Oh, brilliant. It was called Call You on Your T Bone. Um, <laughs> like, I'm like, Call You on Your T Bone. In Leighton, when I kicked your ass, Call You on Your T Bone. Didn't think I'd have a vid up this fast. Um, I'll see you in the wrestling ring. I'll put you in a chicken wing. And like, <laughs> so I did this parody video, right? And I had a great time with it. He, he shared it more than I did. He was like, this is amazing. I had wrestlers coming out of the woodwork, guys who wrestle for WWE now, messaging me like, hey, T-Bone just shared your video. It's fucking amazing. You've got a bright future, kid. Right? So I want to fucking give him a match back as like a thank you because he started me off in, in such a great way. That's amazing. That well, brilliant. I'll be sure to fucking hop on commentary for that. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. Don't worry, I got this. Well, personally, my dream match for you, Hustle, is for you to squash Fergus Adderley in a Lego death match. Mate, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you now, if, when I'm ring ready, Lee, Hustle Malone, uh, I've actually ordered my gear as well. So, you know, I'll be, really? I'll be ready whenever. Um, when I'm Ooh. actually like, come a year, I'd say this time next year, when, when we sweep COVID out of the way. I want my Lego table match. Even if it's YouTube exclusive, right? I want to start producing content for my channel and fucking put it on yours as well, right? Me and you, a Lego Falls Count Anywhere match where it's all Lego. Lego weapons. We fucking build shit before the match. Do it at Legoland. Fuck yeah. Oh, I like how Ferg doesn't like ask yeah. him, like, would you like to have a match? He's like, yeah, we'll have a match. He's yeah, decided this is happening. <laughs> <He's> decided. <laughs> okay, okay, no. One day, Lee, will, will, you, uh, will you teach me the ropes? Because you need a I'm mentor. Down for that. I? Yeah, I'm dead down for that. The oh, other yeah. thing is, like, 
I've, I, I started the, I don't, I don't run it anymore, but I started the company sacrifice pro. Um, right. I'm, I'm pretty close with the, the promoters of a lot of other promoters around the country. So where did you, where about you say you are? Uh, Staffordshire. So like West Midlands. Uh, okay. So like you work Wolverhampton, Kamikaze, don't you? You work Kamikaze, yeah. don't you? Okay. Cool. cool I'm not. Cool. I'm, yeah, I'm not some yeah, yeah, yeah. around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we can. If you get the views, right? If you be a real YouTuber, and you get the views. I'll make it happen. Yeah. You have well, I can put it on my on channel, YouTube. you know. <laughs> yeah, Tom has a wrestling <laughs> channel that we just not talked about. Oh, brilliant! Wait, wait, right. You were saying about your story with um Tyson Tebow and you were approaching after match. I wanted you to say this now because Fergus, I don't think you ever told this story on the podcast about when you spoke to Sam Gradwell. Oh my God. So um, I moved I don't up to Manchester. told this story on the podcast. Oh yeah, you I haven't. moved up to Manchester and, and I started training in Manchester and um, little did I know Sam Gradwell was going to be training me. Uh, NXT UK superstar, Blackpool's homeboy. And I saw that he had a WWE uh, performance center shirt on and some shorts. And I went, I walked up to him and I was like, yo, that's some sick merch you got there. Just as like, I didn't realize what I was saying. And he goes, <laughs> merch? You think this is merch? You've got to wear this, mate. And I was like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Anyway, um, and I was like going through the whole of the warm up. I was like, oh, what am I doing? I'm, oh, this isn't the best way to start up here. And um, I step in the ring and he just shows me some, some fucking holes on the floor, Kamoras and whatnot. And then he goes, I was only joking about earlier. I think if you've, uh, you just got to work for it. And I'm sure if you're a hard worker, if you travel enough here to wrestle, then you can do whatever the fuck you believe in. So don't give up and get yourself your wrestling, your WWE performance center merch. Sick. And it was like, it was like the first, it was like the first time I met him and I was like fucking insulted him by telling him that he's got fake, <laughs> fake WWE performance center clothes. <laughs> anyway. Um, that's a good way to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, honestly, Lee, you've, Fucking, you've you've been brilliant. Blown it out of the park here. This was Jesus tremendous interview. Really enjoyed this. Yeah, felt like four mates talking to each other. Honestly, honestly, yeah, yeah, so natural, mate. You've you've fucking nailed it, bro. Thanks for having me on, lads. No, thank you. Give us your coming on. Plug your plug all your your socials. Give your shameless plugs before we end. Yeah, Uh, you can find me on every social media at, at Malone Hustle. Awesome. All and of right. course, you know where to find all of us at Fergus Adderley, at Sean Carraher 7, and at Top 10 Wrestling. Thank and you very much. You can find Vincent. mine and Fergus's YouTube channels, Fergus Adderley, Top 10 Wrestling. Yeah, you know where to find us Apple Music, Spotify, you know, the, you know the drill. Wherever you get your podcasts, go do it. Like, subscribe, all that YouTube stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for listening today. Um, and also, thank Lee very much. Be sure to check him out. Thank and, you very much, Lee. Uh, Tom, do you want to finish off the show? All aboard the Tamina train.